Hey, it's Empire's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Sequels are a tricky business. Sure, they're building on something established, but they've still really got to earn their place in the world. And it's especially difficult if the first book was a hit. Andrew Sean Greer's book, Less, following a medium-successful writer nearing 50, won the 2018 Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. And so the new sequel, Less is Lost, has a lot to live up to. Actually, he told Here and Now's Robin Young that he didn't want to write a second Less book, but something about the characters he created kept calling to him. Because as much as the book takes satirical shots at the pretentious literary crowd, Greer says in this interview he's really trying to critique himself. This message comes from NPR sponsor Live Right, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. We love less, and now we love less more. Less is Arthur Less, an author, the hapless and ever hopeful hero of Andrew Sean Greer's 2017 novel, Less, a 50-something fading blonde with a career that would also be fading if only it was ever bright. A friend helpfully tells Arthur Less his books don't work because he's a bad gay, something someone once told Andrew Sean Greer. So Greer launches his character on what the character hopes will be a Homeric foreign book trip, but in fact becomes the biblical book of Job, Sandstorms, Disinterested Audiences. When we spoke with Andrew Sean Greer in 2017, he said, every author is allowed one book about a struggling author, but then he won the 2018 Pulitzer for fiction for Less, and now Greer and Less are back. Out today, the new Less is Lost, in which our hapless hero travels across America in an old van with a dog. Andrew Sean Greer, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. Why more less? And you cannot be angling for another Pulitzer because you skewer book awards in the in your new book. So <laughs> why why more Arthur Less? I had forgotten that I told you back in 2017 I could only do one of these. I don't know <laughs> what came over me. I didn't want to write a second one. I was writing a different book in a van with a pug, and the characters just weren't right. It wasn't funny. It was awkward. And I just thought if only I already had a pre-made hapless character and famous author to put in the van. And I thought, well, I do. I mean, is it (laughs) terrible if I go back? Is it the worst? No. My agent said, yes, don't do it which is always a good sign to do it. Well, I am so thrilled you did. And and by the way, to listeners, you don't have to have read the first book, although we recommend it. And if you did read Less in 2017, The Old Gang is Here, Less is Lost, opens with the funeral of the famous older poet that Less lived in the shadow of. There's Freddie. Less is on again, off again, uh, now on Patient Boyfriend. He's our narrator. And things are going well. There's a major prize that's asked Less to sit on its jury. A theater company wants to perform his books. As the narrator says to us, could there be some silent audience eagerly awaiting his new novel? Well, the answer is pretty much no. <laughs> 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 what, what, what are you going for here with this setup? And I just wanted to put Arthur in the situation of someone who's disappointed in how things are going, but isn't aware how good he really has things. Yeah. 
Well, and then the whole thing on spools. Les and Freddie find out that the house they live in was not left to them by the previously mentioned famous poet who died. Arthur Les sets off on a new journey to make money to pay for the house. That includes uh, trying to get an interview for an article uh, with the super famous science fiction cult figure H.H.H. Mandern, kind of the guy who comes out on the stage at a book reading and thousands of people cheer him. He pretty much kidnaps Les and makes him drive him through you know, on this magical mystery tour through the West down to Santa Fe. Okay, who is this pompous airbag Mandarin? You can tell us. It's just us. <laughs> like, who Who are you writing about there? It's completely imagined. The one H too many. Of course, we think of George R. R. Martin. There's an R too many in there, but he seems like a lovely guy from all the interviews. <laughs> I have specifically thought of some famous authors who I've interviewed, and they've all been wonderful but the people around them are monsters. And just imagine what if I threw him into someone else's novel? You know, this famous author has his own plans for what they're going to do, and Les is thrown into that book instead of his own. Instead of his own. Well, tell us a little bit about that. I'm going to read a little bit here. It's when Mandern, our pompous, famous author, is talking about being an author with Arthur Les as they drive along in this old van. The expression on his face, it's the expression of vanity, heartache, ecstasy, genesis, joy, and destruction. Our narrator says, I know it. Talking to people and listening to nothing they utter. Hearing only the Michigan accent they're trying to hide. Robbery. Friends. Mind for stories. Lovers for sentiment. History for structure. Family for secrets. Small talk for sorrow. Sorrow for comedy. Comedy for gold. Then triumph. Meaning that the author has got what he wants to make his book. Is that what you think of authors? Well, it's what I think of myself. Really? <laughs> I, yeah, I see myself doing those things. I don't, I'm not that bad, but I'm just, you know, in the last book, in Less, I talked about living with an author, the famous poet, like living with a tiger. In this one, I thought, well, now Arthur is the author. What is it like to be with him? He seems like a nice guy, but all authors are really secretly digging at the thing they need. You know, we're, we're ravenous and selfish. And I'm a nice guy, too, but I have watched myself doing those things. And yeah. I thought I need to put it down. To put it down in writing. And to um, ridicule myself, you know. Talk about what you're saying here about America. Because like Paul Simon, Mandarin, the pompous author, and Arthur Lesk, go off looking for America. But you write, to be honest, it's hard to picture Arthur Less in America at all. In thoroughly American settings, a football stadium, a beer and television bar where most citizens relax, Less sits bolt upright, place him in a wheat field, for instance, and he seems to be added in post-production. <laughs> or worst of all, a church, he wears the bewildered expression of a man who's arrived expecting a performance of God's spell. <laughs> Um, what are you saying? <laughs> and the Weefield is the cover of the novel. They chose that as that image. <laughs> With his suit on in the Weefield. Yes. What, what are you saying about maybe him and America and maybe what you think of American authors in America? I think a lot of us the past couple of years have thought, what do we have in common? You know, this great experiment binding us all together. What is it? It's supposed to be football games and apple pie, but won't find me at a football game. Mm. But I'll try it. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll try anything. And I and for this book, I did. I rented a van for six weeks and went through rural areas in the Southwest and the Deep South, seeing how it felt to 
be in places where I was sure I didn't belong. How did it feel? You know what? It was, it was kind of great. Hmm. It was surprising. I, I definitely stood out, but a lot of places, they had a place for me in their head, you know, that I was the kindly stranger come to town. <laughs> Not in a cowboy sense, but maybe a hairdresser sense. And they uh, were pretty welcoming. But did you really go into the bar on the, you know, the side of a rural road that it's bright sunlight outside, you walk in, it's pitch black, but then your eyes focus and there's a jukebox, five regulars there who look at you, you know? Oh yeah, I, I went into those bars. The jukebox is supposed to stop and everyone stares at you, like <laughs> knock over their motorcycles and a Pee Wee Herman pile <laughs> definitely happened. I was that's what I was searching for. I wanted to be uncomfortable, realizing everyone else is having their normal life, and I'm the weird one coming in in places where I had, hadn't thought of ever going. Well, and at least in the book, when Arthur is that person, they're very kind to him. I, I just have to ask: Is it true that when you were in one of these bars, the guy on the right of you, you know, wearing an old cap and throwing back his Bud Light, turned and said to you, who thought you were incognito, "So what's it like to be gay?" That that did not happen, but oh. I did try to go incognito and went to Walmart and got stuff that I thought looked normal, <laughs> and I fooled nobody, nobody. <laughs> well, then that does happen to Arthur Les. You know, people say to him, oh, we're so glad you came here because we didn't think you would come here. And he's like, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> but it was years ago when I lived in Montana, I did have someone in a bar just turn to me and say, what's it like to be gay? And I realized I felt very scared. Wow. Because I I was uh, not prepared for that. Or for someone who didn't know what it would be like or had never met anyone. But as usual, it's something I find scary. I, I think of a way to make it sort of funny. Yeah. But ultimately, it's, it's about how do you commit to a relationship? At one point, it's about America. Because you write, America, how's your marriage? Your 250-year-old promised to stay together. I know it wasn't for love. I know it was for tax reasons. <laughs> but soon you all found yourself financially <laughs> entwined. That split you had, that still stings, doesn't it, the Civil War? Who betrayed whom in the end? I hear you tried getting sober. That didn't last, did it? So how's it going, America? Well, that is one of the first things I wrote to give myself a sort of something to aim for. Really? Because it's um, at the end. Yeah, I, I saved it for the end. Yeah. <laughs> but that seemed like the right place for it. Yeah. And it was the question I had. When I started off on my trip in 2016, right after the presidential election, I thought, how's it going? And honestly, for all of us, anyone could say, not well right now. How are we going to hang together? And yet, what you seem to find on that trip, you know, it was humanity in everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It was true. Yeah. Uh, Les's father appears in this book. Uh, he's a scam artist who left when Les was young and was arrested, I think, for having illegal Congress with a satellite dish. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I just found it too funny. <laughs> that happened to my friend's dad. No. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> can you tell us? Is there a way on public radio you can tell us how, what that was? <laughs> Actually, that's literally all we know. Okay. <laughs> that, like, she hadn't had contact with her dad for decades, and she got a call saying he'd been arrested for indecent Congress with the satellite dish, and we just <laughs> couldn't understand what that was. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, as we said, um, Arthur Less, your creation, is, the as you wrote, the gay Job, and you just keep chipping away at him. You send him into the desert. You send him into, you know, into hurricanes. I mean, the poor guy. He just, <laughs> um, just ripping away any of the vanity there. But he's yours. I, I'm thinking if he's Job, you're God. 
<laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I guess that is the writer's. <laughs> well, you know, you're the creator. Are you going to be able to let him go? Well, I'm letting him go for now. But who knows in the future if it would just be nice to go back. I just can't think where he'd travel next. Like, Antarctica? <laughs> like, how far do I have to go? I feel good for now. <laughs> Andrew Sean Greer. His new book is Less is Lost. Thank you so much. Robin, thanks for having me again. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.